1: Little known fact about my guest today, a chance meeting with Henry Fonda when she was a college student changed the course of her life and then the course of all our lives because now we are the great beneficiaries of her artistic talent as an actress and a playwright, a director, an author, an activist. Welcome the extraordinary Regina Taylor to the podcast. A-OK Hey everyone, my guest today is Regina Taylor. Regina is an actress, director, playwright, activist and educator. Some of her plays include bread, crowns, Ubladi. D. Drowning Crow, The Trinity River Plays, and Stop Reset. As an actress, she is known for her roles in the films Saturday Church, The Negotiator, Courage Under Fire, Clockers, Lean on Me, and so many more. She became a beloved TV star, playing Lily Harper on I'll Fly Away, for which she received the Golden Globe Award and three... NAACP Image Awards. She was the first Black woman to play Juliet in Romeo and Juliet in a production on Broadway. Uh, in an upcoming project, she will star with Viola Davis in a Showtime series focused on America's First Ladies. Viola stars as Michelle Obama and Regina as Michelle Obama's mother, the incredible Marion Shields Robinson. But today, on top of this incredible body of work, of which I've only mentioned the smallest amount of what this woman has done, I also want to talk to her with about an incredible project she most recently curated called the Black Album Mixtape. I am so honored to have Regina Taylor on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Man, you get a lot done in a day, is what I want to say. And never have you been more prolific than during shutdown. We are in and coming out of, it at the same time, a very, very critical time politically and emotionally and physically. Um, on yes. the planet in this last year, and so I want to talk to you about um, this project that seems quite near and dear to your heart that was born out of this moment. And I'm going to let you take it away because it's yours, and and I would love to hear anything you want to share about it.
0: Yes, it it came out of 2020, the events of uh, shutdown, um, COVID nineteen. Of George Floyd, of the very incendiary uh, political race, of uh, joblessness, of homelessness, uh, of all of these eruptions, uh, including uh, racial hatred. Uh, It was all unfolding as we were uh, being forced inside. To sit down, to watch, to witness uh, this uh, roller coaster of a year, uh, but not only to witness, to to steep in it, to see how we got here. Look back to see how we got here to this moment in time, uh, and how we might move forward, uh, changing directions, but whatever it is, whatever direction towards a, a better future came the question. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that uh, thinking, uh, steeping in it, and wanting to take action, uh, one th- thing I did was to uh, write a play called the Black Album Resistance 2020, what it is to be contemplating what it is to be Black in 2020. Uh, I uh, took that to the students of SMU, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, where I'm born, where I graduated, uh, to these African-American students to uh, give voice to what was going on uh, that surrounded us in uh, in these times. Uh, That became then something I created online, uh, rehearsed online, presented online. Uh, because uh, trying to meet the challenge of how we continue to uh, connect to audiences in these times, uh, connect to individuals, how do, we, how do we speak what we need to say uh, in, in these times, uh, and have it be heard. Uh, that then led to uh, the initiative with SMU of, of the Black album, Mixtape, Uh, it was to turn over these issues, um, um, these topics to the students, uh, for them to create their own pieces. Uh, And uh, not only in in the realm of the arts, so uh, visual uh, to uh, create something uh, musically, uh, a dance uh, movement piece, but also to, to open it up to various disciplines. Uh, And if it was uh, a student who's studying uh, law about uh, voting rights uh, that are being challenged or uh, 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 a student who's who's, uh, studying medicine to think about the changes in the industry uh, over the last year, Uh, how do you reflect on these things? Uh, How do you uh, talk about uh, why African-Americans, people of color are afraid of uh, COVID-19 shots, vaccines uh, that takes you to history? So to open it up across the board, different fields for people to express themselves any way they want to.
1: So there wasn't a specific prompt. They could do whatever they wanted that reflected where they were in, in space and time on the day they created the thing.
0: Exactly, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, some were given prompts, some were, you know, uh, what what's on your mind, mm-hmm. uh, what's on your heart? How do you need to express yourself uh, was, was what was uh, given uh, the offer and people responded. Uh, it was then uh, not only for students, it was for faculty, It was for community friends and that grew to be across this country. Uh, People responding on this platform. Uh, They were given an invite, a call and and a response. Uh, And the response was quite overwhelming in terms of what people had to say and how they said it. Um, uh, At the end of this, a year later, uh, which was uh, this past week um, did a block party online block party celebrating all of the collaborations that we had across the country. Uh, and wow. that was quite exciting to uh, take a look back on the conversations that were had. And with the black album's tape, I had uh, I had initiated some conversations, roundtables, and some dinners, virtual dinners. Uh, that I called the uh, Black Bone China dinners uh, where people gathered from different cities. Uh, we delivered blackened food uh, uh, on blackened plates uh, and had these essential conversations uh, about uh, how we got here, who we are now uh, and that the conversations uh, were inclusive, uh, multi-layered, multi-dimensional, uh, as is uh, uh, our, our black gazes on, on the world that we live on live in right
1: So now. how can people, is it something that's available for viewing yes. to the public? Okay, yes. so we can all take part and, and enjoy or yes. experience
0: yes. the pieces. The black album mixtape.com. That's where it lives. That is the platform, yes.
1: That is so incredible. I imagine you had hundreds of submissions, and if not more, um, and to sit and spend time to both curate and ingest all that work must have been, must be so powerful. When I went back and looked at all of the things I've had the privilege of seeing you in, I remember I'll Fly Away, I remember, in particular, an episode where your character uh, went on the Freedom March. And that episode in particular has stayed with me, what is it, 20 years later? I mean, mm-hmm. right? When 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 were you Lily Harper? What years yeah. of your life was that? 1991, 1992. Yes. Okay. Um, and yeah. then I think, like, Denzel Washington... Sydney Poitier, um, Delroy Lindo—I mean, the leading men that you've had—and then Viola, the leading women in your life. I mean, you're just making yes. work in such great company.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm very excited about uh, this present project.
1: Have you started?
0: Yes, yes. I, <laughs> can tell I'm us here.
1: what can you tell us?
0: I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, right now. Okay. Uh, filming a uh, First Lady. Uh, with uh, Viola Davis starring as Michelle Obama, uh, and I am playing Marion Robinson, her mother, uh, and you go through uh, this. Uh, and you know, I love Viola Davis, and I love Michelle Obama. So it's it's all uh, great and wonderful. And to play uh, Miss Robinson is is a joy. Uh, this iconic figure. Uh, I have admired so much, uh, so beautiful, graceful, uh, this, this quiet uh, dignity and strength uh, and all these other um, colors in between uh, that uh, I get to play her uh, is, is uh, amazing to me. Uh, it's, a, it's a great life.
1: Yeah, well, where are you in the process? Are you just beginning? How long have you been shooting?
0: Uh, yes, uh, I'm. I'm just beginning. This is my second weekend. Okay. A great um, uh, the storyline of of uh, Michelle Obama uh, and uh, Mr. Obama, uh, Mr. President Obama, uh, their story of how they met, uh, how uh, they are as a couple, uh, the the solidity of of uh, their marriage, what that's based on and how they raised their children. The fact that they brought uh, the grandma to the White House with them uh, to keep that stability in terms of family, uh, that tribe, it takes a village uh, in terms of of raising and passing on uh, that which is important in terms of of family strength and unity. Uh, All of that is is quite stunning in the revealing of that. Uh, And I'm I'm really privileged to work on this piece.
1: You have spoken a lot about your own mother in Mm. previous interviews and her influence on your own journey as a human, obviously, but also as an artist. And I wonder if you, speaking of mothers, powerful, beautiful mothers, Can you talk a little bit about your origin story as an artist and where that intersects with your mom? And what was your mother's name?
0: Lionel, Lionel Taylor uh, is an artist. And she taught me to be an artist from a very early age, maybe four years old, being on the floor with crayons and, and construction paper, creating my own children's books. So even before... I even thought I might be, I was uh, creating. Uh, And it was very mindful on her part, she was a teacher, uh, started out as a teacher, uh, that she wanted to give me, empower me uh, with uh, writing my own narrative in this world. As people will write your story before your first breath, she wanted to empower me to do just that for myself. Uh, to uh, think creatively, uh, starting with the imagination, how you get here to there, uh, to strategize uh, from that imagination, to strategize and then to roll up your sleeves and do the hard work of it, uh, the task of it, uh, that uh, that's how you get there, to make concrete your dreams. Uh, that was that was uh, what she gave me. One of the, I think, the greatest gifts that that she gave me. When um, did
1: the dream become to be an actress?
0: <laughs> it was. Um, I was at SMU, uh, uh, journalism major, and okay. I was wandering down the halls and saw Henry Bonda, uh, and he was at SMU doing a a broadcast of a play, Oldest Living Graduate broadcast live uh, TV. Uh, And I was just uh, um, following him down the hallway too shy to say hello and stalking him. Someone saw me stalking Henry Fonda and said, (laughs) are you an actress? And I said, sure. And she said, well, uh, there's an audition um, this weekend off of Route 75, Motel 6, do you want to go? <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> so I made up a resume, typed, as I, you know, around what year that might be. Yeah. I typed up a fake resume, took a Polaroid picture uh, and took my biggest cousin uh, my biggest cousin drove me to that audition just in case. Mm-hmm. And it was legitimate. Uh, I walked in and came out with this role uh, in this May TV movie starring Joanne Woodward uh, called Crisis at Central High about the first students to integrate the Arkansas school system. So uh, that summer, my summer break, uh, I got on my First airplane went to Arkansas and, and shot that
1: film. Uh,
0: that's how I became an actress.
1: Now, did you go back to school? I went back to school. You went back, to, even yes. though you had the the bug and tremendous success early on. Um, so you finish, you get a degree, and do you then yes. pivot from journalism to uh, uh, to the yeah. acting program?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, it was when I got back. Uh, got back. Uh, yes. I became a full-fledged uh, acting major uh, and uh, continued my studies uh, and learned how, actually learned how to. I had some, some uh, good instincts, some raw, good material, uh, but really actually honed in on the craft. And I was very fortunate in that, in that first time up to have such great people surrounding me mm-hmm. uh, who were patient and kind uh, to uh, help me through that first journey. <clears throat> so I went back to school, uh, graduated, uh, and then moved to New York and starved for a while. Uh, did that whole routine. So you're off, from
1: off. Dallas, you said? Yes, yes. You graduate from college. Do you have family in New York? How no. do you literally like, <laughs> where do you stay? What happens? You get yes. there.
0: I get there and uh, this is where, you know, this business is about um, connections. So uh, folks that I went to school with, uh, college people who had moved to New York City, uh, you give them a call, you got space on your couch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got I, I got a little rug and I, I'll sleep on the floor. Uh, uh, a little little bag or something you know uh, or you know you you uh, do roomies with you know four four people in a two-room apartment uh type of thing and
1: and are you getting backstage magazine and looking for auditions backstage. and showing up do you remember backstage
0: oh my gosh yes yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. You're too young to remember any of that. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Not, and the uh, Ross report had the agents and the casting directors and all of yes, that. Yes.
0: Um, and you got your little uh, you, you got your your headshots and then you made the little uh, the postcard, uh, the postcards and you send out those postcards like every month, top of the month <laughs> you send without uh, you, you look in backstage, you look at the Ross report, you uh, take down those addresses and you send that out. Every month. Yes, that was the hustle.
1: How did you break through when you look back? Mm. What was, I mean, now it's always little things that have to build to the thing.
0: I know exactly uh, what that was. Uh, That was Rosemary Tischler. She was the casting agent for um, the public theater, Joseph Papp's public theater. She had come to SMU uh, while I was still in school, had done a workshop. She had conducted a workshop and said, "Oh, you're very good. Uh, yeah. Here's my card. Give me a call when you're in New York." A couple of years later, I give her a call, and she opened the door to the public theater. She started bringing me in all the time on these auditions. Uh, I started out as uh, extras, you know, spear carrier. To yeah townsperson Understand.
1: number four. Exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: Happy to have it, I'm sure. Exactly, very, <laughs> yes. I
0: overjoyed. Yeah. Uh, 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 ele- ele- elevation to understudy for Alfred Woodard in Map of the World 2, um, joining this company, Estelle Parsons uh, was working for the public theater and uh, directing three plays. And she uh, created this multicultural company uh, to do As You Like It, uh, Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet. And we traveled around. We didn't get to the park, Central Park, but we traveled around all the other parks uh, in New York City, uh, in, in the Bronx, in, in uh, Jersey, in Brooklyn, uh, we traveled to all the parks. And- you brought Shakespeare to the people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and during that time, I started out with small rows and 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 then uh, I was so committed, I uh, so committed to each and every one, and so happy uh, that I was working for Joseph Papp at at the Public Theater. I would like um, after rehearsal, I would rehearse my lines, and in uh, as I was as I was working my way through. Uh, one of the one of the first pieces one of the first characters i played uh, was peter in romeo and juliet one line hang him jack and i rehearse afterwards hang em, jack i'd stay i'd stay after rehearsal right. hang em, jack hang him jack You have to, try to see the exact you know how to best uh, cuz i was committed yes uh, everything. Uh, There are no small roles, they say. Uh, And I noticed one day as I was going through my whatever version of hang jack, that I smelled the cigar smelled uh, coming from uh, the rafters. And I looked up and it was Joseph Peck. Wow. Sometimes you find him in a corner or above, just surveying uh, and he was watching this child uh, up in here after rehearsal uh, doing her lines uh, so that she- Her
1: line. Her line. <laughs> <laughs> her really half a yes. line, in a way, but yes, yes. <laughs> That's a line,
0: that was a whole line.
1: <laughs> That's right, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I,
0: I think he was impressed uh, and he was very encouraging uh, in, in terms of of um, going from um, that role to uh, other other roles in the other pieces, uh, which number three in Macbeth to uh, Celia and as you like it to, uh, as we were traveling through, by the time uh, we got to, uh, then our, our destination a year later was the Glasgow Theater, uh, Broadway. And, uh, by that time, I was doing Juliet. Uh, so I was the first African-American woman to play Juliet on Broadway. What did that mean
1: to you? Uh, that meant uh,
0: a lot of rehearsal after, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. rehearsal. Not
1: just hang em Jack. <laughs> uh,
0: I was very, I was deeply honored. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe it, deeply honored. Uh, felt a great responsibility in uh, really, uh, again, committing to that that role. It was that uh, during that time, uh, I would get people afterwards talk to me different ages saying, oh, I never imagined uh, Juliet is black. Uh, I see her, I I see her uh, Mm -hmm. with you Uh, from uh, uh, younger people to older people. Uh, to uh, be able to do that role on um, Broadway uh, was uh, a turning point in terms of my career. And you know one one thing leads to the other. Did your mom get to see you play Juliet? No, no, she did not get to see me play Juliet. Uh, she did get, get to see me play other roles.
1: Yes. So she was aware oh, of what you had accomplished.
0: Uh, she definitely knew, yes, and she was very proud. Yes. Yeah. She was my first cheerleader, first cheerleader. So uh, she did encourage me to uh, take chances, uh, to uh, follow your heart, follow your dreams, and to live a creative life.
1: I think about your mom encouraging you to write children's books. And then not only were you Juliet on Broadway, your play was on Broadway. I mean, in theaters all over America, constantly every day, there's, there's a Regina Taylor play being done. But the idea that you have been able to not just persevere, but triumph in every lane you go down um, and the number of opportunities you give other people and the doors you open for other people constantly as a writer, as a director, as an activist, as a human. Um, what a legacy.
0: I love uh, the back and forth from actor to writer to to directing, uh, to teaching. Yes.
1: Um, Before I let you go, uh, is there a little known fact that you can share about yourself that pops into your head?
0: Well, uh, I think uh, what I do is to be of service. Uh, it is uh, very much to be of service, to do things that have purpose, uh, that uh, bring some light uh, is is what I enjoy doing very much.
1: What a joy to speak with you today. And uh, the mixtape, um, if you could say one more time, the, the, the web the book, address, yeah.
0: The Black Album Mixtape dot.com.
1: Okay. The black Album, mixtape.com. And thank you, Ms. Taylor for spending time with us today. What an honor. Thank
0: you. It's a pleasure.
1: One more thing. So many of you have asked, how do you donate to the podcast? Well, it could not be easier. Just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com slash donations. Instructions are clearly laid out, and I'm so grateful to you in advance for any donation you choose to make. But regardless, I have loved, loved, loved making the previous 200 and something episodes for you. I can't wait to make 200 more. I wish you a beautiful day. Stay healthy. Be safe. Until next time. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are Little Known Facts that you know? The episode was edited by Nicholas Klar. We recorded in New York City. And the Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded by Georgia Famusa with backups by Caleb Famusa.